Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm so glad to be back talking today about why you should consider internal causes for some of the most challenging skin conditions. So the skin conditions we're going to be talking about uh, as it relates to uh, internal conditions, we'll probably do deeper dives on because like, for example, acne is an example. Acne is a skin condition that I think almost everybody in the world thinks is a surface skin problem. And it is not. After tremendous clinical trial results and a long history here in chasing down the causes of acne, I'm here to tell you uh, it is a much more nuanced and complicated toxin purge, not a bacterial infection of the follicle. It is a toxin purge that causes acne. In fact, eczema is a toxin purge that causes shedding of the skin. Psoriasis and a toxin purge. Sebaceous hyperplasia, seborrheic dermatitis, toxin purges. I could go down a long list of skin conditions, but let's get to this broader concept of why. First and foremost, one of my favorite questions, by the way, why? Why would your skin reflect internal issues? What, what advantage would that have for you from a survivalist evolutionary perspective? Uh, the answer is it's a messenger. Your skin is a messenger telling you, hey, pay attention to this. The only problem is we have not decoded the messages yet. That is my job here for you today. We are going to decode those messages and uh, share with you uh, some really interesting sort of, let's just say, 100-foot level analysis of a variety of skin conditions to kind of get your feet wet into what I consider to be an absolutely fascinating subject. So, you know, let's start with how I even got into this, right? I was a physician. I owned a skincare company. I was formulating products, right? And so I'm looking at all these skin conditions and you're reading the research about, "Mm, you got to use a really good antibacterial uh, in order to kill those bugs uh, that cause acne infectious uh, problems. And you've got to use a steroid uh, for this skin condition because the skin is behaving abnormally. And when we look at the inflammatory markers, we see interleukin-1 and interleukin-6 as clear triggers for an inflammatory response that's out of control. And or you go to melasma, where, uh, which is that, you know, uh, darkened pigment circles or blotches on uh, the skin uh, that are usually larger and kind of symmetric on both sides of the face, or they run across your forehead or your upper lip, that's melasma. And so, and they say, oh, melasma is uh, it's a hormone problem. Uh, you know, the only solution is to basically burn your face every month as you, to burn off all that pigment. Hopefully it's uh, every two months, but, you know, chances are people that are in that cycle are burning uh, more often than they want to or should. And, of course, I believe, if you've heard any of my other podcasts, that burning the face uh, for any kind of outcome is a big mistake. 
So let's start with uh, what is it that goes on internally in the body that might make a skin condition happen? Well, let's start with acne. Uh, what we know uh, at this point of my research is that there are uh, four main causes of acne, four causes of acne. All of them are toxin purges. And so if I'm not being clear about what that is, you know, we always talk about our liver and our kidneys and our digestive tract as being detox organs. And in aesthetic school or in uh, medical school, they'll tell you that one of the functions of the skin is that it is a detox organ. Well, Take that seriously, people, <laughs> but they weren't kidding. Uh, it really is something uh, that the body uses to remove waste. It purges a lot of things. So, for example, one of the ways that the skin purges toxins is through blackheads. Yes, that is right. Uh, the long baffling question as to why blackheads show up on the face is not because you forgot to wash your face or you must have accidentally walked through a dirt cloud on the way home. You can't explain why you just had, you just cleaned out all your pores and they've repopulated with this dirt, quote unquote. The actual cause of blackheads I have learned is mucus, mucus purging out of your follicles. And um, one of the more fascinating things that will help you with this, and I encourage you to go to osmosisbeauty.com and take the skin quiz, uh, but also uh, take a look at our face map because skin mapping, there's a science to it. And I know you think, oh, what? Like you're a doctor and you, you're mapping locations on the face like that. I don't see how those connect. I, I, I struggle with that. I mean, I know Chinese, Chinese face map stuff. Yes, I've seen a little of that here or there, but um, that just doesn't seem that real. What do you mean my heart is over here and my pancreas is over there? I get it, guys. I get it. But I'm going to tell you, after 20 years of watching and having my clients contact me with pictures and medical histories and putting the two together, I'm going to tell you that my skin map is on. It is right and it is accurate. And what it's reflecting is the organ to skin connection. Um, so no, I don't map out every organ in your body because not every organ in your body shows up as a skin condition. But I do tell you the ones that matter. And so anyway, I think you would, you would find that fascinating. And so went on a little tangent there, been known to do that. Uh, and so I want to say that, so going back to the purging concept, so mucus from your gut, not mucus from your nose, which I could imagine you might have thought first and foremost, uh, wait, so I've got blackheads on my nose. Does that mean I should blow my nose more and maybe the mucus won't show up? It's deeper than that, guys. Your nose is your esophagus. Your nose is reflecting things that are going on in your esophagus. Uh, your cheeks, and I'm being very broad here, you really have to have the image in front of you to appreciate this. Your cheeks reflect uh, your small and large intestine. Your forehead is more of your large intestine. The, the area, if you can imagine, right around your mouth that you might see a person with a mustache and goatee is growing. That region of reflects your rectum. Your liver is sort of splashed all over your face as far as it depends on the area of the liver that's damaged, which determine how the liver might show up on your face as a skin lesion or a skin condition. Eyelids are your adrenals. Your upper eyelids, your adrenals, your lower eyelids are your kidneys. 
So um, it's a really interesting map. I'm telling you, so many things line up. But I'm going to go back to the purging thing again and tell you, okay, so now if you imagine, if I'm purging in my cheeks, I have mucus in my small and large intestine. If I'm purging on my nose, I have mucus in my esophagus, okay? So that's how I'm helping you make sense of it. So you want to know how I learned that, by the way? I learned that because ice cream is mucus generating. And I, I'm going to go with used to have a problem. I have an occasional problem uh, with ice cream where I like to binge eat ice cream. I, 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 can, I can take out uh, a quart uh, on occasion. That's much more rare these days, much more often a pint. But anyway, so I would eat ice cream and I would look in the mirror and I would see new blackheads show up that weren't there the day before. And of course, they resolve within a couple of days because I had a phase of mucus pass through my system as a result of eating pasteurized sweetened dairy. Like ice cream, unfortunately, is It's got quite a few negatives when it comes to gut health, which is why I'm trying to uh, reduce, cut back on that. Uh, Okay, so let's go to the next phase of purging. So the next phase of purging comes in the form of candida acne, okay? So you're going to hear me put a word in front of acne that reflects basically the source of the toxin. Now, it's not that you have candida which is a type of yeast. It's, it's a naturally growing yeast in your gut. It's usually, it's going to be part of everyone's microbiome, but it's, it's pretty well established in the literature now that there is an epidemic of what's called candidiasis, which is basically a big word, meaning you have too much candida in your gut. So the downside of candida, it is uh, when it overgrows, it causes disruption of your physiology. It causes problems. And um, the other thing you need to know is there's at least 56 strains of identified candida. And so each strain has its own unique toxin. That toxin has its own response. Sometimes it's going to follow the location. Sometimes it's going to follow a different path. And so let me walk you through that for a second. So you have candida, acne. Candida acne, for simplicity purposes on on this uh, particular podcast, is all the acne that shows up above the beard line. Um, It does drop into the beard line. If you wanted to say above the jawline. So all the acne above the jawline that is occurring is primarily occurring as a result of too much candida in your digestive tract. Okay. And it is a particular strain, but I'm not going to, you know, overwhelm you with strains. Um, you might find that on a video I do uh, where we do a whole PowerPoint presentation. We'll have some lists of that that you can refer to. That strain causes candida acne. Now, and when we continuing on the acne conversation, when you drop down to the jawline, okay, what most experts call hormonal acne, which is acne that shows up along the jawline, well, that acne is caused by food preservatives, and yes, there's a long, lengthy discussion of why food preservatives come uh, and, and hormonal cycles and, and, you know, why they go to the jawline. I don't really, I can't explain to you the incredible intelligent response that the body does. Just know that uh, we have identified food preservatives as the cause of hormonal acne on the jawline. Now, after you move an inch above, let's say, the angle of your jaw And an inch below the angle of your jaw, you get into the next zone. Now, the next zone, the main cause of acne purging in the next zone is pesticides. Pesticides. And you're like, huh, 
I didn't like I get a ton of ingrown hairs in my neck. That surely you're not saying that's pesticides. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm telling you, pesticide exposure, in particular hormonal pesticides, estrogenic pesticides, show up along the neck. So that's the cause of all types of acne and most of the rashy, bumpy stuff that shows up on the neck uh, is all pesticide-based. And then the final uh, toxin to identify here is chlorine and or aka bleach shows up along the chest and back. Bleach, chest, shoulders, and back. That acne is related to, to chlorine exposure. So you'll see this in swimmers. You'll see this in people who drink from um, reverse osmosis systems. You'll see this in people who live in heavily chlorinated public water systems. It's pretty crazy how much bleach is out there. And so if you start to see a rash show up on your chest and it hasn't been there, like it's not an ongoing rash, that means you've got a sudden burst of of bleach exposure. So anyway, so that's, that's uh, you know, since this is a more broad conversation about how internal imbalances affect the skin, I will leave it there with acne and just tell you that acne is not a bacterial infection. It is a toxin purge. The sources of those toxins I've just listed for you, they show up on different parts of the body, which makes it easier for you to figure out what's causing your acne. And in a separate podcast, we will dive deep into acne and go into the uh, food choices you need to make if you've got candida acne and, of course, the treatment options as well because all of these things um, I have effective treatments for. Just so you know, it was the chasing down and then finding the solutions for that have me so passionate and excited for those particular conditions. All right, let's move on to others. Eczema, psoriasis. You see the skin shedding. It's red and inflamed. Why? What's happened there? Well, again, the, the, the medical community would tell you, well, that was an uh, autoimmune condition. I mean, clearly, that's genetic. And since it's genetic, the best thing you can do is to try to reduce some of the immune functions so it slows this nasty inflammation happening. That's the way to treat these conditions. And, of course, uh, most of the medications that are offered, in particular for psoriasis, which is Sometimes they, they dive into the really nasty immunomodulator, immunosuppressing drugs, but steroids are the go-to initially for just about everybody. And so they're, what are they doing? They're actually suppressing your immune system. They are not treating the condition. In no way are they addressing the source of the condition. Uh, what is the source of the condition? Candidiasis. That's right. That nasty little yeast bug is a quite prevalent out there. And the main reason why it's so prevalent is mucus forming foods like dairy and fried food trigger candida, sugar triggers candida, and hormones trigger candida. And remember, not your hormones per se, although yes, your progesterone slightly increases candida as your cycle varies throughout the month. That's true. That's one of the sources of hormonal acne as an example. But what I'm talking about are the hormones in your birth control pills. I'm talking about the hormones that your doctor may have given you for heavy bleeding or uh, the hormones that you are taking for menopause or the hormones that are in uh, meat and dairy products uh, that are given to cows to improve their output or their protein density or whatever BS story they're telling us. Again, 
If you heard my first podcast, you know, like there is a point that we are rapidly approaching where we can't accept this anymore. We must challenge it. We must question every turn because we are in charge, people. This is a government of the people. We have to step up and voice our concern that they've decided to put pesticides into our communities that we don't think have adequately adequately been tested, that they've decided to put food preservatives in our food that we don't think have been adequately tested, that they've decided to force bleach down our throats without properly studying the impact on our microbiome and all the negative effects that come from that, right? I mean, one of the things we know about the microbiome, right, our healthy gut flora, the bacteria, the probiotics. Yeah, I don't know which terms you guys are most familiar with, but the probiotic population that, that we develop is poisoned every day by our diet and water choices. And we have plenty of research that shows that changing your microbiome can lead to diabetes, can lead to cancer, can lead to autoimmune disease, can lead to a host of, of conditions that don't make sense. Like you wouldn't think that your microbiome population should trigger diabetes. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet that's where the research is taking us. So going back to chlorine and bleach, why? Why are you poisoning us so much? What the heck? Uh, you know, what, what, what does that mean for my microbiome? How do I get it to recover? We need to ask those questions before we check off on the safety of the levels right now that are being dropped in to our water supply. I'm going to tell you a story about my ex-wife. So my ex-wife dug a new well. Her well died or ran out, whatever you want to say. She had to dig a new well. She had to go deep. When the well diggers finished and dug the well and they found this beautiful, fresh water source, and I mean beautiful and fresh, nothing wrong with the water, they then informed my ex-wife that she needed to add 250 gallons of bleach to her well. 250 gallons. That's enough to kill a lot of folks, right? If we all drank started drinking that bleach, we'd be dead in a heartbeat. Now, yes, it's being diluted into a well. That's still not okay, okay? My private land, my private well, you dug it for me. Thank you very much. You can go home now. And what they told her was the government mandates that they put 250 gallons into every private well or they can be sued by the government. What? what are, what's happening? What's happening out there, people? It's not, they didn't say, oh, you need to put 250 gallons of bleach in it if it's showing X level of Giardia or some sort of contamination issue. It's every well, every one they dig. Now, add to that the level of chlorine they're adding to your public water supply, and you should be very, very concerned. They're not analyzing well enough the, the long-term effects of bleaching us to death, of bleaching our sugar and our salt and our flour, and there's not enough studies. We do know, uh, actually, gosh, I'm blanking his name, the famous dentist, I want to say Dr. Benton or Benson or something, who studied the effects of uh, bleached flour and bleached sugar on uh, communities that were, you know, uh, being provided that uh, as a food option for the first time. And he discovered all kinds of diseases showed up in their uh, populations that uh, weren't there before the addition of those foodstuffs. So 
Let's get back to the main theme here. So yes, internal conditions cause these problems. And, and I would even tell you that epigenetic activation. So this is the latest in our understanding in uh, science is that epigenetics is going to be the hot button for the next decade because we're trying to figure out what turns genes on and off. And we've got to stop subscribing to the idea that we were born that way. Oh, my genes on for lupus. I guess I'm screwed. No, it hasn't worked that way, guys. Everything is reversible. If a gene got turned on for lupus, a gene can get turned off for lupus. My research suggests that lupus is caused by a bacterial infection. I don't know yet exactly what the bacterial infection is. I've come up with some options for killing that, the bacteria that's behind it. And for me, a lot of times you're going to hear me say, oh, that's caused by a bug. Uh, you know, for many of my cases right now, and I'm, I, I help, I help uh, thousands of people right now uh, with questions of related to their specific diseases. And so often the, the, the questions come in and it'll be, hey, this person has got an autoimmune murker. They're not sure what disease she's got. You know, wh- what do you think? And more often than not, I end up finding that the source of the problem is a bug of unknown origin, uh, of unknown species at this time, but it doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of it. I can, I'll let the researchers, hopefully in a few years, maybe in a decade, maybe it's going to take two decades. I don't know how long it's going to take for researchers to start studying sources of disease as opposed to trying to figure out which medication can help with a certain symptom of a disease. In case you didn't know, that's mainly what pharmaceutical companies work on today. Almost all of their medications are related to symptoms of a disease and not treating the cause of the disease. They default so often to it being some sort of genetic, I don't know, don't know why you got it, but let's treat your headache. Don't know why you got it, but let's treat your whatever. And of course we know, and if you're going to hear my bias against most prescription medication because... The list of side effects for something that's only addressing a symptom is unacceptable to me. That's all. I, I have a higher standard. Make it better. Stop forcing the medical community to be your delivery arm, to peer pressure them into feeling like that is the only option they have because if they're choosing anything outside of what the, the textbooks recommend, then they get punished They may even have their license taken away or they have their public shaming uh, of a physician that that chooses an alternative protocol. Like it's, it's not right. So the epigenetics of it matter. What turns genes on and off poisons and pathogens and emotions, poisons, pathogens, and emotions. So let me give you a few more examples of why we focus on the inside equally as much as we focus on the outside skin. You know, as I told you in the beginning, your skin is a messenger. Uh, One of the classic messenger moments comes from people who have what they often uh, diagnose as eczema of the upper eyelids. Eczema of the upper eyelids, red, peely, flaky skin, irritated skin of the upper eyelids. Uh, That is caused by an adrenal problem. What is the adrenal problem, you are stressed every time, every time you are going to find that you are not handling the anxiety of something going on in your life. And by the way, I'm going to do a podcast on that as well, but you're, you're not handling the anxiety of what's going on in your life. You're letting it wear you down and your eyelids are the tell. 
we, we have a solution for that. We have a, a product called Emotional Wellbeing that has done some pretty amazing, pretty amazing things as it's designed to basically disassociate your emotional upset from a physiologic response. I know that's a lot. Like, you're what? What are you doing? Like, I designed a supplement meant to separate the stress, anger, hatred, whatever the emotion you're feeling is from a physiologic response. It uses energy medicine. Again, another subject we need to dive deep into, but incredible success with that. So again, eyelids, upper eyelids, stress, lower eyelids, your kidneys are going through something. If you're, if your lower eyelids are puffy, there's a good chance you drink alcohol with high sulfates in it. Uh, you are taking an ibuprofen or aspirin or some sort of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, or you've taking a medication that is hard on your kidneys. You know, a lot of blood pressure medicine shows up as puffiness under the eyes. And you may be asking, why are my eyes always puffy? Well, you're on that medicine. It's hard to get over it. Sometimes puffy eyes can just be that you live in a chronically dehydrated state and your kidneys kind of struggle. That could be as simple as that. Uh, Dark circles have more to do with kidney exhaustion and that uh, actually is reflected in sleep, but it definitely is still kidney. And so, you know, this, these are some signs, some, some, some diseases that reflect this internal imbalance. You know, we mentioned uh, melasma. So melasma is caused by liver damage. You know, we'll dive deep into melasma on a podcast too, because uh, that is, a, you know, healing the liver is, is a tough task. And uh, there's some stuff you're going to have to do with it as well, because the emotion behind getting melasma, which is caused by liver damage, and liver spots, which I'm here to tell you are also caused by liver damage. The emotion behind that is anger. So if you want to resolve your melasma in a speedy way or help heal your liver spots, honestly, part of your protocol is going to have to be, you know, basically introspective analysis of anybody that you may be angry with in your life or any one or anything or any event, something maybe someone died unnecessarily in your past or, or uh, uh, an ex-wife or a breakup, alcoholic father, uh, I'm telling you, that emotion is the starting point of a liver spot, or in many cases, a starting point of melasma. So developing it doesn't have to happen. Yes, it's true. Uh, you know, you may have taken birth control pills, which is a setup for getting melasma, but note that only one out of three women who take birth control pills develop melasma. So what I would argue is it takes the collateral emotion of anger to bring about the uh, skin condition known as melasma. So these are all hopefully interesting ideas to you. I'm going to try really hard to stay within the 30 minute timeline for each podcast. So I will expand further in, in a variety of these subjects and I apologize if you wanted me to dive even deeper today on the internal connections for external issues. But yes, it is in fact true that most skin disease has an internal source and we can cover the handful of ones that don't, but just about everyone you can think of, trust me, actually comes from an internal problem, which is why with my skincare companies, I started not using wellness and I quickly shifted to equal focus and wellness as soon as I realized that you have to address your inside health if you want to be beautiful from every aspect. And 
I don't want to finish on that because you guys all are beautiful from every aspect. You just want to take away that filter in your mind, in your eye that tells you something different. But we can correct some of those cosmetic imperfections, uh, is what I want to say, by treating the inside and the out and keep you thriving and beautiful as you already are. So on that note, I will sign off and we'll see you next time. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at osmosisbeauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.